Hello, I'm Aislinn Campbell. And I'm Joe Hilliard. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Dinner Table Talks. We are in my favorite season of the year. It's Sagittarius season, otherwise known as the holiday season, and we want to wish you a happy holidays and all your dinner table talks this time of year. And if you'd like to learn more about us or a little bit more about the podcast, we suggest you listen to episode one. Learn how to get in touch with us and where to find us across social media at dinnertabletalks.com. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to quickly go slide some chestnuts into the open fire from both of us. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Dinner Table Talks. The table is set. My name is Joe Hilliard. My favorite dinner partner is Aislinn Campbell. It's happened. I've turned another year older. This is Aislinn's birthday episode. It is. You can expect one from me in July. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, hey, that's the thing, you know, the Dinner Table Talk podcast is going to be about the most important dinner table conversations and birthday celebrations are always around the dinner table in some way, fashion or form. But before we do that, it's time for our weekly segment of Unanswered Questions. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, we got one of two questions answered that we can finally put a big bow on Thanksgiving, and that is the green bowl and the congealed salad. Your mom answered the question about the green bowl. We put her to the test to see if indeed she is our biggest fan, and she did leave a voicemail. Let's listen to that now. Just to follow up on the congealed salad. The congealed salad I have bought at Luby's, which is a regional cafeteria back in the day when cafeterias were very, very popular around here. And it's not like the Cool Whip pistachio lime green jello salads. It's not like that at all. It's not sweet. It's made up of evaporated milk, mayo, small curd cottage cheese, lime green jello, crushed pineapple, and nuts. And it's a super good side for a Thanksgiving dinner. And it goes, gives color to the dinner and a different flavor, but not a dessert. So that's the scoop on the congealed salad. So with Christmas just a couple of days away, I feel the congealed salad is going to make another appearance in our lives. Quite possibly. And it it's sounds around. like you it sounds like you've had it basically your whole life? Yes. And when I was a kid, I did not eat it. Like that was gross. Why not? <laughs> because it was green and it had nuts in it. Like, ooh. And now? Now I love it. Yeah. Like I was sure to bring home like a chunk of it in my leftovers. So we had it at Thanksgiving. We'll have it just in a couple of days. Turkey, ham, stuffing, mashed potatoes, da, 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 da. and then this she said adds color to the plate so you've got a little serving of congealed salad amongst all of that but it's not quite a dessert that's the thing though if you think about when you were a kid compared to now the the mixing of those flavors for your taste bud profile as a child it's too much it's it's too much to turn it up but as your taste buds get worn and worn and worn and you've burned your tongue and you whatever and you get to a stage where like you want the spicy the sweet the tart the salty all mixed up and that's one of those situations where it's kind of that i look forward to it and of course again this is your reminder do not be afraid leave us a voice message we'd love to hear from you yeah and we are starting to see comments on things so it looks like we're going to be getting together with maybe another podcaster here soon having a chat with them because they're jumping in on our instagram and talking to us a lot we'll come back to you with that but please we want you all to know we want to hear from you at the end of every episode today's episode will be no different we do a thing called table topics where we pull a card out of a box that is designed to jumpstart conversation and 
uncannily, they always kind of relate to the episode. Last week's was, what would be your ideal birthday party? And we teased the notion that we right. were going to be talking about your birthday party that we just celebrated. Right. Yeah. As episode. we were recording it, we had just gotten through with my birthday celebration. So, so. we're going to dive deep into... And so it got me thinking about you and I constructing this podcast. We had the idea to create this podcast. You had the idea of it being about the food that we eat and the dinner table. But the birthday party we just celebrated confirms that this is a perfect match for our life and our lifestyle. Sure. Because the birthday party that you just had was at a dinner table, tons of friends, amazing food, amazing conversation, and several people said, I guess we'll be hearing about this on the podcast, huh? <laughs> and we know it's funny when we watch the numbers on the podcast analytics, you can tell when someone's gone on a trip or had a long business work day where they've been at their desk because Binging. all of a sudden we get like 10 new episodes, you know, all real quick in, a, in an hour period of With time. With one new listener, someone was binging. Right, exactly. And so that's kind of fun to see that. So uh, I don't want to rehash our conversation from last week's Table Topics question too, too much, but I'm going to ask you this question first. It's mid-November. It's time for us to plan a birthday party for you if we're going to. How important is your birthday? The celebration, the idea of a party, the idea of being the focus of attention. I like it. I like getting to make, I like to choose and I like to be in control. And that's kind of a thing with, with your birthday. Like I, I get to choose. I don't get to plan the there. party. I mean, I don't get to really plan no. your party. <laughs> I get to choose who's going to be there. I get to choose where we're going to eat. So there's a little bit of control in the issue. And for me, it's not the gift of gifts, things. Cause no. God, we have a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's the... <laughs> Do you, does anybody want some of our things? <laughs> we have so many things. We would things. love to give you some of our crap. So many things. It's, uh, although things are nice, and I'm, I'm very grateful for the things that people give me, because people know me well enough to know that the things that they give to me, there's some real creative thought behind it. Actually, one of the things that I got, she had Even though found we said it. no gifts. Yes, of course. She lives in an, or she's from Maine and she had found it on a trip or something like that. And she just, when she saw it, she said, I've got to buy this for Aislinn. So that kind of thing, I get it, you know, and that's, and I'm real grateful, grateful for that. But what's more, most important to me is the gift of friendship, gift of love and family. And, and, and not only that, but this year I did a, I did a fundraiser because I know everybody has a fundraiser on their birthday now, but I set a goal of getting to $2,000 as I, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, but as it's, I'm closing up my time as the executive director of Girl Local South Texas, I did a big birthday fundraiser and I collected $1,425. And so to me, those were huge gifts from people and I didn't expect anything more, but of course my friends are so kind and giving and supportive of you. Exactly. So let's talk about the construction. We're going deep into this birthday party. Let's talk about the construction of it. I asked you, your birthday's coming up. What do you want to do? I knew it would be a dinner somewhere. Well, and here's the thing. We, you've heard about the Italians. Gente maravigliosco. <laughs> so we had been having dinner with them, I don't know, a week prior. And I said, oh, hey, uh, my birthday is next Wednesday. Do you guys want to have dinner? Then the, the list begins. Well, who do you want to come to your birthday? That kind of thing. Who is invited is important, and we knew we would invite the Italians, and of course, they own a restaurant, so, and it's our favorite restaurant. Yeah. I have eaten with them at their restaurant many, many times. 
and I understand as a business owner myself, it is difficult to divorce a dining experience at a restaurant from when you own that restaurant and are attempting to eat there because there's always going to be a problem in the kitchen. There's always going to be someone that asks to see the chef. We have learned that when we go out to dinner with them, it's best for us to go somewhere else so that A, they can scope out the competition. No, I'm kidding. But we can have an experience where they're diners and not owners. So yeah, so how do you well, how do you break those things apart? Well, we had know? agreed with them that we are all we're going to go out to dinner, we're going to invite a nice eclectic group of friends, but it won't be at your place. Then fast forward to the conversation that you were having with them a little while ago at their place. Hey, we're going to go to this other place to have dinner. Yes. And um, we're going to hey, the birthday party set. It's going to be Wednesday night. Yes. We're going over to this other place. Yes. You know, I kind of talked to the chef and he and he he seems kind of uninterested. And I'm like, "Wait a minute. Hold on." I look over at her and I say, okay, what's the deal? And ultimately it's, he wants to host you here. He wants to host you. So they vetoed it. They, yeah. And you know, you're having it here. Yeah. We and we're like, host you. hell yeah. yeah. That's yeah. where we wanted to have it all along. But we just wanted to make sure that you guys would be able to enjoy yourselves fully. And now it's time to tweak that guest list. Now the guests that we have on the list, they don't care if we go to this place or Bellino. They, they understand why we would want to go to Bellino. You got to get into, and you did it a little bit last week. I don't need a party that we're hosting, if you will, to be huge, but I need to make sure that the right folks are there. Well, and like, and we you're like, about... I want these and I want these and I want these. And that's all that I want. And I'm thinking to myself behind the scenes, no, I'm going to go ahead and invite these two and, and this one. And there's a few people that and... might be sad if they're not there and you're going to want them there. And, you know, and, and you're completely right about that, you know, and I think one of the things that is most important to me about making a place the best restaurant isn't just that it has the best food. Of course, it's got to have the best food, but it also has to have the right atmosphere. And if it is loud, mm -hmm. and so I have literally thought of times where we've had even just all the family at an event, mm -hmm. a birthday, mm -hmm. and it's so loud and no one can talk to and each other. And that's and a part of American dining these God. days is let's blare the music. Let's have seven TVs on all around you. And it is so loud that it becomes uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I deal with a little bit of sensory overload anxiety, which I do not let bring me down clearly because I'm out everywhere. Well, we'll you know, bring whatever. it back here. Was the atmosphere correct? Was the volume? Perfect. Okay. That's the thing. It was, it was, it was comfortable. And you had said, cause I kept saying, I mean, even to the point of being like somewhat of an offensive, like don't invite, don't invite. And you know, and, and, and it's not against anybody. It's that I don't want it to get too big. And he said, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. So I'm knowing that there are going to be eight our two daughters are going to be there there's going to be eight for sure 10 probably but i've behind your back got maybe up to 16. Well, i know we're going to be good with 10 to 12 people and they when we arrive when we get there 30 minutes early because you know they've got a table set for 10 it's gorgeous yeah. it's perfect yeah we sit down and and you claim this is where i want to sit and we got into like a little a tiny little thing because I'm like, no, you're the star of the show tonight. I think you should sit over here. Like, no, I'm sitting here. And I immediately start thinking there's going to be problems because it's all adults and our two kids. And I don't want, and we can just hammer this out right now for all future table sittings. I didn't want the girls between us and more adults. I thought that the girls would be fine over on the, on the edge of the table, not the kids table. But on the, no. on the edge of the table, and then the adults are all together. Except that I also want to be able to escape. And I know my best friend's going to be there, and she's going to want to be able to escape. And we're going to want to be able to have, like, 
the best the corn the, our little corner and not only that but like i don't think we're being real about it our girls are not children anymore that is the truth our girls were as much in the conversation they can engage as everyone else and they were great and it was fine to have them exactly where they were it was a lot of people though mm-hmm. so and then as we got sat as, it went as from, folks arrived it went from 10 to 12 to, to 14 13. to Every, yes. everyone came. every everyone came. everyone came and brought their their all everyone like yeah. the whole family came right they brought the, 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 the husband right. so and a wives kid's and table kids a kid's table the... does erupt yes. over here Which, like please understand that is not a complaint no absolutely not. i love it your family equally bigger, yes yes bigger absolutely. is better. so it just it it, it it grew and it and everybody that i love was there but um, it's me you the girls and the restaurateurs mm-hmm. the gente maravilloso Yes, and that was the other thing was that I was like, here's another part of the jockeying for seats. I know. Go I ahead. wanted to be by the chef. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but you, but I, you... like, I was proud yeah. of like, the, the sh- I've got the chef of, in my opinion, the best restaurant in Corpus Christi sitting by me serving wine to our guests. Yeah. Ugh. And I will just tell you it right. Was, I will tell you now. It was a little poshy in me. I'll, I'll t- <laughs> fast forward to the end. All of the wine bottles of wine and he's whispering to the server mm-hmm. another bottle of wine down there mm-hmm. i want that bottle of wine down there and he figures out what i want because mm-hmm. he hears me order mm-hmm. and he, she's drinking cabs and he comps all the wine at the end of the night he didn't even yeah all I mean, of he our served. guests yeah all of the guests and i i think he would even like say that they were his guests you know what i mean oh, of course. in his home turf no, he was hosting right he hosted my birthday party now you and i have mentioned from time to time here that we enjoy craft beer but yes. you are on a bit of a wine journey. Well, I well the grain free thing is making it to where I have shifted to cab. I've also learned that cab is a lower sugar amount of the wines. Mm-hmm. Cab is a little easier on the sugar intake. Mm-hmm. I've been drinking cabs. I'm actually getting to know really know cab. We have a little know? price range, and I'll go when I go to the store or when I go to our favorite package store. I'll grab a new bottle of wine in that, you know, yeah. because we like journeys. I mean, like, if you haven't figured it out, we love food journeys. We love mm-hmm. culinary journeys. I don't want to just choose. I want to know that I, I'm choosing what I, I like, like knowing it well enough to know this one versus this one. And when you, when you say not just, am I going to choose red wine, but I'm going to choose Cabernet. It means now I've got the ability to compare and it's hard. I mean, there's, there are sommeliers and, and level one, level two, level three, level, there are like, experts in wine and you're trying to attain these levels no i just i guess what i'm trying to say is it's challenging like knowing what is really tasty but when you decide that you're going to stick with one which is what i've done i'm being able to tell the difference that wine that i drank last night Mm -hmm. that tasted like kool-aid no good and I've, I've heard people say that before, but I didn't quite understand. Now I'm getting it and now i'm starting to get it so it's fun and so it's good to have this beautiful wine with this Italian wine well, expert. You've got an Italian wine expert there yeah. who is ordering uh, Nero Passo uh-huh. Cabernet for the yes. table. And, so try and it. no one's yeah. glass was ever dry. That was no. beautiful. Yeah. I will say there are beer enthusiasts that are friends of ours that are more into it 
than I am. That can go deep, deep, deep. Yeah, but we deep. could taste the difference between a badass IPA. Of course, and of a... course. But I'm the point yeah. I was going to make was that there are seasonal beers that we have enjoyed for years, and there are beers coming out that I'm bringing home, mm-hmm. and you're a little crestfallen from time to time. Yeah, that. What is that one? The um, the, the Coco Vesa from Stone. It's a Mexican hot, a Mexican cocoa I, stout. I had to have a sip of it. You had to have some. I that's I loved that beer. It was my favorite beer last year, and I'm not a Stone beer fan now we're waiting for folks to show up yeah and you know that i'm gonna pick up the appetizers for the whole evening right Mm -hmm. and you order something and it's always a shock when you order this because it's not something you normally enjoy i said i want i want the olives so of course i was craving like a little salty and but yes i don't like olives usually but i do have certain olives that i like so in a chrome martini glass, mm-hmm. it's uh, marinated olives, uh-huh. all kinds of varieties. Those, yes. are, those are up and down the table now. But he makes a point of saying he buys fresh olives and then he has his own marinade. That's the thing that makes Bellino's special. If you live in New York City, duh, you're thinking, of course, the, the great Italian food restaurants well, we are We can only talk in the context own. of our own town. But in Corpus Christi, the fact that he roasts his own garlic... And makes his garlic seasoning for his olive oil mix that, yep. that he serves you with your bread. Mm-hmm. And and it's warmed olive oil, like ready to go for your bread. And then his olives are fresh olives with like a marinade that he makes for them. Right. As opposed to something that you get out of the truck, just like right, out of the Olive jar. Garden or Macaroni Grill or when whatever. When I mention their names, you don't like it. Uh, you're right. I don't. Yeah, putting Free it in the context. This is the only place in town. I mean, just you know, to brag on them a little bit. That's doing their own pasta for every single dish now. That too. That yeah. is doing their own uh, bread. Every mm-hmm. every bit of bread is baked there in in the kitchen. Yeah, and that's a big. And that's deal. a level of quality in our town. And I'm not. And if I and there are restaurants that are doing that in our town, and I don't mean to say that you know it's always exclusive, but it is a rarity. Yeah, but they're they're serving they're serving the. The highest quality of food that they can make. And of course, being our favorite restaurant, there are others that believe it's their favorite. There are others that have it as their favorite restaurant. Ours also has a lot to do with the the, the owners and the hosts. The relationship. And the, rela- the relationship. But that's not fair I either. I disagree. Because no, they it's the have, best food in town. Okay, that too. But you have like, okay, your grandmother, I, I don't my even, I don't, grandmother. I don't even really like them if you want to be honest with you. Oh, shut up. Your grandmother, my grandmother made the best sandwiches made the best potato salad you know whatever it was your grandmother made it was the best because it was your grandmother there was making a, there's a nostalgia there exactly and that there is that element to this but at the same time there's also the understanding that these folks are trying to give that experience to as many people as they possibly can in corpus christi and the food also is stellar so then francesco whispers to the server i want antipasto plates up and down the table and they Mm -hmm. come out with the cured meats the different cheeses more of those olives uh, a marinated tomato that he does with some Mm -hmm. bruschetta Mm-hmm. on the side and then folks start coming in yep. and that's when we realize we're going to have a capacity issue at this table which i don't care about at all i would much rather squeeze in mm-hmm. to a long table mm-hmm. than have a second table with four people in it oh god there. no no so we're squeezing in people are getting to know each other there are folks there that have never met uh-huh. there are folks there that are old friends uh-huh. there are folks there that are i've always intended on sitting next to you at a meal like this uh-huh. to get to know you a little uh-huh. bit better we got people that uh, I just kind of had one ear way down the table. Yeah. 
folks that hailed from Chicago uh-huh. that are sitting next to people that also had spent some time in Chicago, and then they can connect and, and, yeah. and deepen that relationship through shared conversation, yeah. which is well, really what a meal our, like this is all about. Yeah. Well, and in our friendships, in our relationships, it's creative people. It's outgoing people. It's people that appreciate good food and good wine. Oh, and here's the most important point of folks that would share meals as special as birthday with us. And that is they are all very kind and open-minded. And so when you've got creative, kind, open-minded people all sitting at the table together next to whoever you're sitting next to, it doesn't matter. You're having great fun conversations all the way down the table. And I think that that's what made it perfect for me because I didn't feel like I had to work so hard to make sure everyone was having a good time because everyone there was capable of taking care of themselves. That was the gift. The gift is I came to the table, Aislinn, to enjoy your people and didn't expect anything from you. What did you order? I ordered the Corvina again. And and the whole, the reason, the main reason is because the chef had made a special dish for me. No grain, seasonal mm-hmm. vegetables, fresh local fish. And he, I guess, probably had been told or listened to that episode we bragged on them about before where yeah. you gushed about that Corvina, that cut of fish that we yeah. talked yeah. about. Yeah. So it was a special with that. And then I think you had gotten up to go to the bathroom. The whole table, that was the thing. The table was close enough that we were all talking about, well, what do you order and what mm-hmm. are you going to order and what, you know, whatever. Well, I think and, I had mentioned before I left the table that my favorite thing, because there were people that had never been there before. Yes. And what do you get, Joe? What do you get, Aislinn? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to get the Corvina because I think it was specially kind of prepared with me in mind. Right, yeah. But what and do you we, get, Joe? And I, my favorite dish there, and it's a dish that I learned to appreciate there, because my, okay, my favorite dish prior to that at any Italian food restaurant, and we have talked about how you don't like thick tomato Italian sauces, mm-hmm. so we don't make them often at home, so mm-hmm. I get those out. And if I go to an Italian food restaurant, I love to get simple angel hair pasta or a spaghetti pasta with a thick marinara sauce and like, you know. And then a big Italian, spicy Italian A piece Italian of Italian sausage. sausage, if that's your thing. Or that's meatballs, so basic, if you're known by for the way. I don't care. That's true. That's, it's so those are the delicious. Dish, those are the dishes he's wishing people would stop ordering all the time. Oh, you mean Francesco? Mm-hmm. That's so basic. Spaghetti sauce with some Italian sausage on it. That's... No, I understand you, and I completely agree with you. That's Lasagna. to say. That's to say. That's to say that my... Fettuccine <laughs> Alfredo. That's how I was going into... But since then, I have adopted a new favorite dish there, which is, I learned there, and that's a carbonara pasta. Yeah. It's going to be an egg base with pancetta cheese, and then they put the hot noodles on top of it and whip it to make the sauce on the spot in the dish. Some uh, pecorino and uh, black pepper on it. So when people ask me, what's your favorite dish, I told them that. And then I did have to leave for a phone call or the restroom, I can't remember. And you ordered for me while I was gone. And I ordered the carbonara. And I was so happy that you did because I probably (laughs) wouldn't have gotten it just to do a diversity thing. But Uh dang, was it good. And a couple people down the table were like, if you order that, can I have a bite? Yeah. We want to taste. And so there was just... So then there was that family style thing that was yep, coming up. I got a taste and, of this person and that yeah. person's. They got a taste of mine. Yeah. And then yeah. Savannah got to order something special too. Because we had gone over there for... They had invited us for lunch one day and said, hey, come have lunch with us. And when when they do that, when they say... You don't order. No, you don't order. He is bringing to the table his dish that he's making for his family that day, whatever it is. And so this he had made was a basil pesto pasta with some of the homemade pasta that they had made with some really, really thin sliced zucchini fried zucchini on top mm-hmm. i think a little bit of parmesan cheese savannah had liked it 
She a loved lot. it that day at lunch. Yeah. And so she said, what was that thing? And he got, he got all excited that she had a special because he had known her to be a fettuccine Alfredo ordering. Like that had been like the thing she had ordered. That basic, months. That basic and concept. He, and he wants to get people off the basics, the, the American Italian food. He wants to get people away from that. So he got excited. Like, I think at that point it was, that's what you're ordering. Cause that's, you said you liked it and I'm going to make sure you get no, that. She asked for it. Right. And then. Is that and, on the menu tonight? And then someone else said, well, what is Savannah getting? Oh, that sounds good. So now we've got the Savannah special going through the house. <laughs> and there's some talk about sharing that. The My girl and her bet. Well, my best friend's daughter, who those two girls pretty much grew up together, they both ordered lasagna. My best friend, Jessica, ordered one of my favorite dishes that I used to always get before the grain-free thing. And that was a, that's a ravioli with uh-huh. um, pistachio, uh, grated pistachio, like pesto, parmesan stuff going on on the top of it. That was delicious. I saw a couple of people that ordered the salmon. There was a pizza because they make a really, well, they, it's actually not a pizza. It's a pizza which is a different kind of a more gluten-free crust that they make in Italy, that they make in Sicily. Great food all the way around. And then fantastic conversations. Of course, of course. What were some of the most special to you? Well, anything that we talked about, like, because, because, because <laughs> I was talking about the escape route for Jessica. And what, the reason why we're saying that is because the way the table is set, it's set against a pew. They actually literally have pews. And so the, the benches on the wall are the table seats. And I've sat on that side. Uh, and on the other I, side of the table, you've got yeah. chairs. And I see that the pew's kind of sticking out on the corner over there. And I know Jessica well enough to know she that before antsy. the end of the night comes, that will be her little corner over there right next to me. And we'll be on the edge of, we'll be literally on top of each other sitting in that little spot right there talking. And so whatever is happening, whatever's happening at the table with conversation, Jessica's molesting me, like literally, like, like rubbing my shoulders and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're talking and chatting and she's chatting with Susan and Francesco and getting to know them a little bit better. And over here on this side, I've got a little Sunny and my Lily decides she needs to get out. She's feeling antsy. So she gets out over there next to Jessica. And so we've got this great conversation going. Savannah's sitting right there next to you. And somehow the conversation, like my forever friend, and, and this is important. I mean, like the reason how did, I talk how did about that, that, how did that I, I don't even up? know, just in the midst of being molested by Jessica, I made sure everybody knew that this right. was my forever friend. Cause mm-hmm. I've got a table full of my best friends here, all of it. And still people that weren't there that are my best friends and my loved ones. But Jessica's my forever person. So now I feel like I've got to explain what, what is that? What does that forever person mean? It's not my best friend, even though she's my best friend. It's my person that I know will be with me till the end, till the end, till the end. It's my sitting in the rocking chair, rocking. It's my, we knew each other before the divorce. It's my... It, it, raised kids together. We raised kids together. We Once we found each other, we vacation were... Vacation together. Right. We were forever. And I think that like, you know, in relationships, husband and wife, sometimes that doesn't end up being your forever person. So, and you know, my first husband wasn't my forever person. Then the conversation gets bigger because Savannah is sitting there and she hears this talk and she says, and this is an interesting point, is your junior high best friend or the best friend you literally grew up with since like elementary school, first grade, second grade, junior high, high school, whatever, is that person your forever person? For me, it wasn't. I, my, my person, my best friend back in those days is not, was not my forever person. Once we got past the small town and went out into the world, we, we don't even talk anymore. You know, that stuff shifts. So she says, so is Ronick my forever person? I go, she might be. I was like, she very well could be your forever person. I don't know. And then I point over at Dave and Aaron, who are good friends of ours. And Dave and Aaron have been, mar- have been together 
have known each other and have been together basically since they were like 14 or 15. And I go, that's a married couple where they are likely each other's forever person because they became best friends when they were like 14 or 15 and then went away to college and then ended up getting married are now still together. And, you know, and so there's a, there's a more likelihood that in that situation, the husband and wife are the forever, you know, forever person. I ask you, I said, who, who's your forever person? My two best friends. We talk every day on some kind of, you know, yeah. electronic way. I've known since first grade, but yeah. we really got tight in ninth grade mm-hmm. and have been tight ever since best men at weddings and right you know right those are the, the folks that you when you need to talk talk mm-hmm. to a trusted person mm-hmm. the, that's that and then they don't, they don't it, live here it's a, I, I, so we always make a point to get together whenever we can it's that person that like and you fall right back into it even like, after it's that forever person so even if divorces happen or deaths happen or whatever that's the one that's going to be, you know that for as long as that person is alive, they're going to be in your life. They are concrete through all the other life changes. Right, yeah. exactly. And so, and sometimes it's husband, it is husband and wife, but not always. So that was a big conversation that we had. And then another big conversation that happened at that table, especially with this group of people was not only is it my birthday, but it is also Wednesday, a farmer's market day. And Wednesday is the farmer's market that I started. Grow Local South Texas is the nonprofit that came after the Wednesday farmer's market started one year after that Wednesday was literally my last working farmer's market. I have actually taken a new position, a new job. I know that we will talk about that some more in the future, but that was my last week with Grow Local South Texas as the executive director. And it was my last farmer's market as the executive director. And so that conversation came up at the table because everyone that's at the table is involved in some way. They've been on the board. They are the photographer, they've been one of the, they've helped to make, to be one of the biggest donors of, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Everyone at that table has invested in me and in Grow Local South Texas. And so that was a big night for them as well to have that conversation. So that story came up and most of what it is. Some people hearing about it for the first time. Yes. Well, and some people where, you know, because this is one of those situations where these are all people that you would hope that you would be able to get in one-on-one with before this happens because this is a huge shift. Right. I mean, those of you that don't know, this is our lives, Mm -hmm. our our whole relationship. We've been together. This has been a part of it. Most of the friends that are at that table, I have met because of this and because of my developing uh, relationships through that program. And so just getting to know how they feel about it. But the response, as you expect from friends, that even if that's where our relationship started, I am the concern for them and what I'm doing and how happy I am and where I'm going and what my next adventure is was the most important point. And every single person is super excited to see this next step forward in my life. And uh, more will come at you about that in later episodes. If you weren't doing grain free, I may have arranged for a delicious birthday cake. Of course. Had I arranged for a delicious birthday cake, and we talked about our favorite desserts of all time, I believe last episode. Yes. What would that birthday cake have been? The chocolate cake you described as our favorite dessert last week? Probably. Oftentimes, the cake that I order for birthday cake is a yellow cake with a fudge icing. Right. But chocolate cake. It's just it's just because chocolate cake is so hard to find. Well, so... Hey, speaking of that, yeah. in a coming episode, uh-huh. this is coming, we have an interaction that has occurred where we began asking, you began asking... On social media? What's the best chocolate cake in town? Right. And a couple of the local bakers said, are you challenging us? 
And so I think that what I'd like to do is put together an episode that is about a chocolate cake cook-off, bake-off. I love it. And and so that'll be coming at you in the near future. But yes, so... But in the absence of birthday cake. I, I like birthday cake. Like, I do like birthday cake. I like buttercream icing, so whatever. In the absence of a birthday cake, no problem whatsoever, because Bellino has one of my favorite desserts that didn't make our list last week when we were having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But describe this thing. It's the affogato. 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 You get some gelato ice cream, and we actually have a gelateria here in Corpus Christi out on the island that they like to get their gelato from. The one I get is pistachio. That's what I got, too. Uh, there's also a vanilla, I believe, and a chocolate, chocolate. as well. And then it comes with fran- a cup of frangelico. A little tiny shooter. A frangelico or a frangelica? Frangelica. Mm-hmm. And then a a cup of espresso. Right. And you pour that in. And of course, they brought it out with a candle right in it. So you take your hot espresso, you pour it over the, you know, the frozen gelato. Mm -hmm. And then if you elect, and we do, you put the frangelico on top of there. Mm -hmm. It becomes like this soup with a still frozen center. Uh Uh-huh. And then the last sip, you pick it up. It's a cup. Uh And you drink it. And it's delicious. Oh. <laughs> it's good. Especially with that pistachio gelato. The, they came out with a candle in it, so there was a little birthday party, birthday sing-along kind of thing. And so Now, before the party, your best friend that you've talked about, your forever person's husband said, I need you to bring a cooler yes. in your car. Bring your ice chest. So that I can give you a gift. Yes, he did. What and did he give us? He's a hunter. You probably know better than I did. They, they brought us some game, some wild game um, portions. A lot of venison, ground venison, venison sausage, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, some pork cuts. And Good. I've already taken that ground venison and some ground beef we got from the farmer's market, Turkey Hollow, and made a huge thing of tacos, which I don't know if we'll talk about that or not, because that was a great dinner table that we had since then with the leftovers. Yeah, it was good. It was lots of good, st- uh, a good night and lots of friends. And a I huge, am awesome 41. 41. It's done. Here, here I come, 42. 2020 is going to be a big year for Aislinn. So I'm excited to be 41. So the week of Thanksgiving, the celebration of that happy brown meal day episode, at the end of it, we start talking about these pumpkins that I've grown. You know what? I'm going to have to bring that back as an unanswered question next week because these pumpkins grew really well and very easily. And not only did they grow well here at the house, they also grew, I believe there was a couple of them that came out at the farm and also at the learning garden. And the learning garden was selling them at the farmer's market as well. So it's very hard to grow pumpkins here. In our in Zone Nine B, South Texas, because our summers get so hot. Well, um, these pumpkins, and I'm a layperson here in the growing. Mm-hmm. They grew ease easily. Yes, they, they were they were up on a vine, up over the roof of yeah. the uh, of the chicken run. And if I had paid any attention and had any faith in <laughs> growing pumpkins, I would have given them more attention. But I didn't, and now I know. Uh, and I will tell you the name of that. They were seeds we had gotten from Baker Creek Heirloom. I will get more information for everybody about that next week. But these are not very big pumpkins. They're not the traditional orange jack-o'-lantern either. They're not it's a like big, a, yeah, they're not a big jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. Like He's a right. vanilla co- color. The color of a manila envelope. That's pumpkin. It's all pumpkin. It's just different kinds of pumpkin. Okay, but I'm a layperson and I found the color <laughs> interesting because pumpkins are orange jack-o'-lanterns. 
No, they're not. Oh, that I, I know. I know that to be true. <laughs> now you brought these pumpkins inside, and you said, "Make me some stuff." Well, and and so um, you know, and and here we grow the the smaller the pumpkin is, the more likelihood we can get it to done before our our summer heat sits in and it causes problems. But this plant did well. I got a few of them. I brought them in, and I and I was super excited about having grown pumpkins because it's maybe the only the second time I've ever gotten a successful pumpkin, and it happened to be even at the right time of year. It was at Thanksgiving, Christmas time. It was ready at Thanksgiving. So you took and uh, pureed the pumpkins. Well, you said you wanted... Uh, well, I wanted some desserts made out of it. And you wanted them grain-free. Right, we do the exactly. thing that we do where you say, here are a couple of recipes that I'd like for you to try. Right. And also, you, I've got to look for not just grain-free sweets with pumpkin, but it's also got to be pureed pumpkin because we have real pumpkins, yeah, not Yeah, we're not buying pumpkin. a canned pumpkin pie filling. We're not buying right. canned pumpkin... Well, what I looked up was I had set up pumpkin cheesecake all along. Right. So I found a crustless pumpkin cheesecake, grain-free, gluten-free. It has, uh, of course, pumpkin puree, eggs, vanilla, sugar, coconut sugar. Did you use coconut sugar? No, I used table sugar. And it said stevia, so I guess you just use sugar. Yeah, I, I, yeah. they're taking that keto to a next level. Yeah. I, I yeah. amended to a more lenient. Do you use the pumpkin pie spice or do you make? Yes. You do. Okay, got it. And then you also made the grain-free pumpkin bars. Right. You heard us talk about that a little bit because it had the tiny little chocolate chips in it. Uh, Joe's Midnight Snack, tiny little chocolate chips. And if you listened to last week's episode, they were literally baking while we were recording. Yes, yes, that's true. And uh, those were really good. Everybody really liked those. They dried up the further you got away from having made them. But everyone that ate them that I talked to said that they really liked them. Also pumpkin puree, uh, maple syrup. I don't like to go to the grocery store, so no, I did not go to the grocery store to specifically buy Vermont, you know, maple syrup. <laughs> uh, eggs. So this is not a vegan grain-free. Uh, vanilla, of course. Almond flour. So not the arrowroot flour, but right. this time you had almond flour. Pumpkin spice again, and then the little dark chocolate chips. And, and they, they both start with a pumpkin puree, but the pumpkin puree was super simple. I took your pumpkins that you'd grown, cut those in half, you throw a little salt on them, and then you bake them in the oven at 400 for, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're poking it with a knife. That mm -hmm. knife's got to go in and out easily. You scoop it out, stuck it in the blender, and you just puree it. Perfect. And then from that, you've got the base for both of those recipes. We made them both. And I hope that uh, next time you make pumpkins, we can do something like that again. Yes. And another interesting thing to keep in mind about pumpkins. So even if you buy a pumpkin from the farmer's market or or you get you happen to grow some pumpkins in your backyard, something that people often don't think about is the best way to get a really sugary pumpkin before you get to that point is to make sure that you don't take the pumpkin too green and to make sure that you let the pumpkin sit. So those pumpkins, we'd had them just sitting on the counter waiting to be turned into something for a good month or so maybe six weeks but uh, pumpkins will get a little sweeter with time don't let them sit too long that they rot which one of them actually did and then the chickens get to eat it oh another interesting fact about pumpkins i don't and mind pumpkin giving seeds. a rotten pumpkin to the chicken yes a uh, pumpkin will help your chickens deworm it's like it's a deworm or whatever and so we like to go get everybody's rotting jack-o-lanterns and pumpkin whatever they've done during the halloween time and throw a couple of them out to the chickens a couple of episodes ago my favorite meal of the week was when we went to a friend's house to do a family fun thing and that turned into an impromptu chinese dinner well that family fun thing that we were doing was pumpkin carving for mm -hmm. halloween mm -hmm. and so you have the typical grocery store jack-o-lantern pumpkin that's filled with seeds and they were just going to dump the seeds or throw them in their compost bin. I was like, me and another guy, they were like, no, no, no. He and I will go inside and we'll roast some pumpkin seeds right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I was intending on doing that here, but this species of pumpkin that I guess you'll identify next week did not have 
a ton of pumpkin seeds. Did in it have it. any? Did you save me any? No, I mean one of them had no seeds at all. I think that it was huh. yeah, it was it was interesting. Interesting. It's that time of the episode that I talked about at the beginning, where we pull a card out of a box of cards. These are conversational starters. It's called table topics, and for whatever reason, the cards that we pull typically work in perfectly with an episode. They align. I'm going to ask you first this week, and then you'll ask the same question back to me. What are the qualities you look for in friends? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Swear it's unplanned. I think I already answered that question. Okay, well, maybe give us... They're creative. They're kind, kind, kind. Just open-minded. All are accepted. We love you all. Outgoing, so so opinionated, you know, they really stand up for their opinions, but they're kind, so they do it in a kind way, and they're creative, so they're creative about how they do it. I always think about it, what is it, but that, but that's it, because she's, that. what is it about you, what is it about Jessica that has just drawn me into you, and it, and it is that, it's kind, it's outgoing, meaning they like people, and they're creative, and that that's exactly what it is. Honest can't forget that one i can never 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 leave that one out honest to be tell me the truth tell me the truth i mean and 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 jessica this is a good example jessica's extremely she honest she tells you the truths you don't want to hear sometimes Fudgenay. sometimes i'm like shut up i do not want to know that truth that that made the divorce really hard on our relationship um my divorce really hard on our relationship because she's she's a little upset with me about it she loved my ex-husband too so those times can be a little hard but that's what makes him a forever friend you know Divorce is funny that way, and what people because <laughs> well, I was well, talking. Well, people feel like they have to pick sides. I was talking you know? to I was talking to my daughter the other day in the car about this very thing mm-hmm. about something I won't go deeper into here. And I think that after the initial shock of forget divorce, a, a breakup, mm-hmm. or you know, I, I imagine in some odd way there's probably some people that feel weird about me leaving girl local. So I was going to say the exact same thing. Le- a little bit like, a do, job. She, are we choosing her? Are we, do we choose her or do we choose grow? Or are we good uh, enough and capable enough and kind enough to do both? Yes. J- Jessica. Yes. Is an example of someone uh, of the typical person, perhaps. <laughs> what? Jessica's an example of the typical person is something I might never have heard. <laughs> Where the original reaction is the discomfort of the position that they are going to be in because a choice may seem required. But it is the mature person. It is the person of growth that understands that, with rare exception, there are exceptions where you may feel completely compelled to take sides in a, in a job, leaving of a job or a breakup. Sides don't need to be taken. Well, you know, and I think something is important that you just that you just made me think about. And that is that sometimes maybe I hadn't been trustworthy enough at that point to go, is she not just screwing up her whole life? And I love, like, she loves me. They love me so much and my children and my family so much that is she not screwing up her life to make this big decision? What has she done? What is she doing? And is it right? And I don't think up to that point. I had a track record to show uh, this is, it's time to do this. This is the right decision and everyone will be better for it. But now that I've done that, I think I have a good track record for making change and decisions and people trust me and they have faith that when I decide to do something, I'm making a good move. But in that moment, yeah, it is difficult for that person because this is going to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. potentially. Mm-hmm. The person that needs to, feels like they need to make a decision. 
take mm-hmm. a side. Because mm-hmm. I was telling Savannah. Well, and I think some people make you choose a side. Well, like I was, I wasn't making anybody choose any sides. Well, I mean, as I get back to the dinner table topics question, it's my turn to answer it. What are the qualities you look for in friends? I, I, I'm going to begin my answer by saying that I am attempting as much as possible to live judgment free of others right now. Because I feel like our country in this fake, made up, silly, partisan battle that we find ourselves in again and again and again, fake, made up, man-made, completely unnecessary, that more people that live without judgment are required Mm -hmm. because we are so quick to judge right now Mm -hmm. based upon this title or that thing or this way you vote or that way you think. Can I, can I make a comment about that? Uh, okay, go ahead. When we first got together and we talked about it and you mentioned, you brought it up even once, but I found you to be so judgmental of every single person you met. And that was the way you, that was the way you and your life and your, I don't know that. And we talked about that because you would say, we came home from a party, the conversation after the party or whatever was to judge every single person that was there to talk about that person and how they talked and what they wore and da 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 And I don't hear that from you or us well, at that, all anymore. That like, may you know. be the truth, and I, I will trust that. We judge that... the stories and we judge the food and we, you know, we judge that we I, criticize I think the... that I think that we as a society are in that mindset right now more than ever, so it could be that I'm just uh, breaking away from what everyone else is doing. Well, but... I think it's a maturing of humanity. I think we are, we are seeing those things and going, that doesn't feel good as a whole I say that about being judgment-free to say that I am not a sports guy. I am not going to sit around. If, if I'm at a Christmas party and the conversation goes to the Dallas Cowboys or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever this week's big sports thing is, I am not interested in that conversation and I have nothing to contribute to that conversation. So my first quality that I'm thinking about as I look for in friends is similar interests. It's, it's, and I don't have those kinds of similar interests that many guys can just default to when you're meeting someone new. Uh-huh. How about them cowboys? <laughs> Such an easy conversation to have if, you're, if you know anything about it, and I do not. Yeah. So I look for people with similar interests, uh, pop culture interests. Uh, sports is pop culture, so different types of, of pop culture interests, my interests, things that I'm into. Those conversation starters, the ability to, to begin to learn something about somebody because you can talk to them about something similar. Mm-hmm. So if I've got an opportunity to talk about movies or music or other things that I'm into, uh, I, I enjoy that very much. Then it gets into the, the honesty thing that you said. I, the folks that can let their guard down immediately to talk about real things, I'm very attracted to w- when it comes to friends. And sometimes it takes years to develop those kinds of friendships, or at least for me, I've learned. And so those two best friends of mine, it's about that shared ability for us to talk about anything with no judgment whatsoever. I find as an adult that it's hard, hard, I mean, this is not only think it's uncommon, I think it's a very known thing, that it's harder to make friends as adults. It's easy to go back to those people that you've known since elementary school or junior high or college when you were younger and learning and not so set in your it's ways. Hard, it's harder to make best friends. That's what I mean. But I, I mean, we have lots of friends and we make new ones every day. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you don't consider people, like when you're a child, you don't consider people, you consider people your best friends. That's my crew. That's my best friends. We're on each other's side. That's my family at school, you know, whatever. Just and me- you find, you find that, the, that what it has to do with it's it's like, who are the people that are at the things I want to be at? It's also the innocence of being a child or being younger where 
the whole world is open to you and you haven't been taught prejudice. Mm-hmm. You haven't been taught that this is bad or this is good. Everything is just inherently good until a bee stings you and you think that it's bad because you've had an experience with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. <laughs> well, that was it. That's a... Uh... So happy birthday, darling. It was a... Thank you. I imagine that every birthday we have from this point forward is going to have a meal, a dinner table attached to it. And... Uh, Since we love that so much, I'm looking forward to every single one of them, especially if you're next to me. So, I mean, come on. Content, content, content. Give us more. (laughs) What are the qualities that you look for in a friend? You heard Aislinn's mom voicemail. It's so easy to leave us one, dinnertabletalks.com. You go there, click a button, and you're recording a voicemail, and we'll put it on the show if it uh, makes a lot of sense. Let's do it. Well, until next week, my love, I guess the uh, dinner table, we're going to shut it down for the night. Yeah. No? Yeah, the dinner's done. We'll see you all soon. Hey, thank you again for joining us at our dinner table. If we said during this last episode that we'd share something with you, you can find it at Our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on Twitter, it's dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com for all of the latest information and send us an email there at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We so look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.